I went to Juarez, Mexico, and we would be in the city square, and we would go around uh, the city square in that area for a few hours before our event, where we would have music, uh, we'd have like uh, some uh, dancing, we'd have a skit trying to convey the good news of Jesus. But we'd go around a few hours before and say, hey, we're pass out these flyers. We're having this event. Come in, come in uh, to come to our event. And, um, you know, we pass out some food and stuff. And it was just a lot of fun. It was loud. Uh, it was a lot of action. And so we had a few people, uh, uh, you know, do the dance and, and just do some skits. And they asked me that morning to do the message. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, what am I going to say? Uh, I, I didn't have any context what we're really going to be doing. But the Lord uh, prompted me to speak about Lazarus in John chapter 11. Lazarus was one of Jesus' best buddies. And Lazarus died. And Jesus wasn't there. In fact, it took him a few days to get there. And you know the story. He brings Lazarus out and he, he comes to the grave. And... He says, Lazarus, arise. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come out. And when I was preparing for the message, I'm thinking, okay, I'm, you know, I'm going to preach this message. But right before I went on, the Lord gave me an idea to lie down. One of his Lord's crazy ideas, right? Lie down on the ground and have somebody outline me like I'm a dead body. Like how they do. The police do that, detectives. And I said, Lord, that's, I don't know what that's going to even look like. What's that about? I don't even have chalk. What am I going to do? And so I looked to, right there on the side. There were some white rocks. I said, Whoa, okay, perfect. So I pick up the rock and I give it to somebody and I say, okay, when I lie down, outline me like I'm dead. I'm just going to. And so there I am and I'm laying down. And they're, you know, doing that, and they outline me. And I give a message about Lazarus. And I go on to say, lots of you here, all of us here, are walking around, and we're seemingly fine. We're alive. But not everybody who's walking around here is really alive. Some of us are dead men and dead women walking. We're alive, but we're not really alive. We're dead on the in, inside. We're dead spiritually. And I began to just preach, preach, and I just did an altar call where I said, all right, Lazarus, just like Jesus did, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come forth. If you want to receive Jesus today, if you want to go from death into life, come forward. You have an opportunity to receive Jesus Lazarus, come out. And I didn't know who would come forward. I didn't know if anybody would. But guess what? People just started coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. So much to the point, it was just like, kept going, kept going. People who were in the shops and who stopped to listen from all the activity, just listen to the message, they came forward. We had homeless people who looked like they didn't have anything, looked like people, women who were living a really bad lifestyle come forward. All kinds, just all kinds of people. And the Lord just 
It was just a powerful, powerful time. Pastors were there. We worked with the local churches, and it was so cool. They were the ones who were helping them to receive Jesus, and they get their information, and they follow up, hopefully. And so they can begin this journey of following Jesus, coming to a church. It was just an awesome, awesome time. Some good times. And then to see all the violence that happened later, and to think, that was just so interesting, Lord, just so so weird <laughs> that I was laying there as a dead body when maybe there were other people who were actually physically dead just a few years later. And I believe today God wants to tell us the same message. There are some of us that are dead on the inside, that are spiritually dead, and the Lord wants to say to us, come out, arise, Lazarus, come forth spiritually. He wants to give all of us here new life in Jesus. And I believe the Spirit of God is just blowing over us today, just blowing, blowing new life giving us refreshment, giving us the joy of Jesus today. Amen? Well, uh, we're going to be going ahead and going through our book uh, of Romans. We're going to be going through that. But um, today, in order to have a biblical worldview, uh, we want to be able to start to gain who the Bible says that we are. And the title of the message is Dead, Buried, Alive. So uh, we, as followers of Jesus Christ, if you are somebody who has said yes to Jesus, you know what, Lord, I just place my faith and my trust in what you've done on the cross, how you've been raised from the grave, that's the good news, we receive the good news of Jesus, then you have died, been buried, and are alive in Jesus. And a lot of times we just don't know that we're alive. <laughs> you know, we're kind of walking around like we're half dead, and It goes for me too. But God has such an awesome plan for my life and I have to keep reminding myself of this. Max, God has a great plan for life. He's created me for a purpose. Yes, I believe it. I believe it. But then this, oh yeah. But God, you have big plans for me. Ephesians 3, 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, think, or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. He's like, it's way more than we could ever believe for ourselves. God has something awesome planned for us. And, you know, the enemy, Satan, he's working overtime in each one of our lives. And he's, like John 10.10 says, the thief has come to steal, to kill, to destroy us. But Jesus said this, but I have come that they may have life and life to the full. God has an abundant life plan for us. So don't let the enemy steal the life God has for you. Don't let him kill the dreams and the purposes he has planned for you. Don't let him destroy all that he's created you to be. You know, what could block God's plan for your life? What could that be, you ask? Sin. S-I-N. Sin. Sin is what the enemy will use, attempting you to sin, and that's going to take you right off the tracks from the God plan that, that he wants for our lives. So don't let the enemy block you. Don't let him fool you into believing, okay, I'm dabbling in sin, uh, I'm, I'm living in this type of 
uh, lifestyle and this way of thinking, way of living, but it's really, it's not that bad. Hey, everybody else is doing it. Yeah, you know what? I'm sure God will help me just figure it all out. I'll just get on track again. Well, uh, chapter 2 of Romans sounds like this. It says this about a sinful culture. And it sounds like our t- postmodern culture today. Romans 1, 28. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents, have no understanding, fidelity, love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. So it sounds like, what? (laughs) It sounds like our culture today, doesn't it? Right? I mean, you read this, you'd be thinking, Paul's talking about today's world. It applies today. And it applies to our lives as well. A lot of these things we think, oh yeah, those are those bad people out there (laughs) that do that. But if we check ourselves and let the Holy Spirit just really convict us and start to bring some things up within our hearts, we're the same way. And we know that we don't want to be like this. We don't want to think like this. We don't want to do those things. What does it lead to? Romans 6.23, you know it. For the wages of sin is what? Death. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So sin is deadly serious. Sin is deadly serious and it keeps us from experiencing that life-giving relationship God wants to give us through Jesus. When you're walking with Jesus in that personal relationship and you're just so excited, wow, yes, Lord, I'm receiving. You just feel alive when you're walking with the Lord. Well, so today, in our journey and how, how do we have a biblical worldview, we want to figure out, okay, uh, how do, what is a biblical view of sin, we're, like we're seeing? And then how do we live in victory over sin? That's right. How do we do it? How do we die to sin, Pastor Max? How do we do that? And how do we live in Christ? Well, Romans chapter 5, going back one chapter, Pastor Mark preached on it last week, you know, talks about how Christ Jesus has saved us while we were still sinners. Amen? We were saved by grace. Not in keeping the law, but we are saved by God's grace. And then Paul, he ends the chapter by saying this. He says it in Romans 5.20. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Where sin increased, grace increased all the more. That's good news. So how do we die to sin and live in Christ? Number one, you can write in your notes. God's grace. God's grace is always larger than your sin. That's good. God's grace is always larger than your sin. And you know, we, we've talked about grace so many times. And I like how Philip Yancey, who's coming to the hymn conference uh, this, this the next couple of weeks, he talks about grace. I love it. 
what's so amazing about grace, and that's one of my favorite books. And he says, grace is the last best word. I love it. It hasn't been tainted. hasn't been polluted. I love that. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. You know, it's like we're all these prodigal sons and daughters, and we've strayed, but because of God's grace, he runs out. He not only forgives us, but he throws his arm around us, and he throws a big party for us. Not just mercy. Mercy is like forgiving someone, but it's grace. It's God giving us forgiveness, mercy, and riches. Everything that is Christ Jesus is, he's given to us because he has an awesome life plan for us, right? Free and total forgiveness. A life that can reflect God's glory. You know, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. It's just those chapter on grace. I love it. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, amen, made us alive with Christ. Isn't that what we're talking about today? God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in the kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Moving on to chapter 6, our chapter for today. Romans 6, 1. Paul responds to a question. Maybe his audience at the time, the Romans, were asking him. And we ask today, Romans 6, 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Shall we just go on sinning? <laughs> Some of you are shaking your head the same that makes sense, right? Right? Is if grace is something that is so readily given to us by God, why should we bother to change our ways? Right? If all our sins are forgiven, then why should we worry about it? Isn't it kind of God saying it's acceptable? We just keep sinning? You know, these are questions that we as human beings and we come face to face with the good news of Jesus, so we ask ourselves these questions because it's a logical question to ask. Right? So we sin, God forgives us, God gives us grace. That's a great deal. right? So shall we keep on sinning that grace might increase? Lord, Paul exclaims this. I like it says, there's an exclamation point there. By no means. Cut off that thinking right now. By no means. Why? We died to sin. We died to it. How can we live in it any longer? 
Stay clear of sin at every cost. Don't go there. Uh uh-uh. uh. Don't go there. <laughs> Don't live there any longer. Cut it out. And that leads to the next point. Number two, God doesn't want you to live in your sin any longer. He doesn't want you to live in your sin any longer. So, how many of you have dogs? Can you raise your hand? Okay. I don't know if cats do this, but I've seen a dog do it. And you know what I'm going to say. Proverbs 26.11 As a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. How many of you have seen a dog throw up, go back to it, and eat it? They've witnessed it. Some of you haven't seen it. You should YouTube it. Just to drive this point home. In fact, can we bring it up now? Just kidding. That would be great, huh? But it just really illustrates the point, right? You just see this dog, don't do it! Oh! Do cats do that? Anyone see a cat do that? No? Okay. Cats, I'm thinking a little bit higher of cats now. Okay? The cat, duh, I don't know why dogs do that, but they do that. Or like a pig wallowing in its mud. You know, I, I think of like, a picture when we are stuck in our sin is, you know, and we're just consumed by it, and we go and we fly around in it, and we eat it again, and we just wear it. You know, I think of Gollum, right? Or Schmeagol, whatever. And so Gollum, he puts on the ring, and he's just so addicted to it. He just becomes who he is, and just takes over who he is. You know, from Lord of the Rings, and you know, we, we just become, like, so weirded out by our sin. You know, we have something that we like to do. Oh, it's no big deal before the Lord. And we become like, God, my precious. You know, like, you just, you and your sin, you just hold on to it. And you're wearing it. You put it on, and you enjoy it. That's your identity. And you think, okay, God's grace. I know he covers it. I know God is a God of forgiveness, a God of love. I'm just going to wear it. It's like a dog returning to its vomit. We're covered in it. We're wearing it. But what does it lead to? It leads to death. For the wages of sin is what? Death. Always. Look around at our families. Look around at our culture. Death. Destruction. Confusion. Why? Because of sin. So recently, I had this uh, opportunity to serve the Lord in a really cool way. I, had, I think the Lord had given me this assignment, and there was a conference that came up recently. It was a district conference. And so uh, a pastor wanted us to, our church, to help lead and do a, some planning for this conference, and they asked us to do it. And so I was, uh, you know, taking on that responsibility, and I just had the worst bad attitude. Like, the most stinkest attitude to it. And I talked to Pastor Mark about it. I was like, I just have the worst attitude. I'm just vomiting all over him. And then he's like, well, you know, he wasn't like making me do it. But it's like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. I'll just do it. You know, you do something, but you don't really want to do it. Why do we do that? And okay, I'll do it. And I'm 
for the next two, two and a half weeks, three weeks, I'm just vomiting all over people when I see them. Yeah, this conference. Can't believe that they're making us do this. Just complaining, talking stink, just being the, you know, the worst. And Jared uh, comes into town, the other Jared, the bigger Jared, and he comes to visit us. He led worship for us. And Sonny, he hadn't met Sonny, so he meets Sonny. We go out to lunch together. And so I'm there, and the, that pastor who was asking us to do the conference planning, he, by the way, this is not Pastor Mark, right? Okay, that's a disclaimer. And so I'm like, okay, you know what? Um, hold on, guys, I got to take this call because it's planning. So I go outside, I'm so hungry. I'm talking story. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, sounds good. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. Oh, easy. We could do that. Yeah, yeah. God bless you, brother. God bless. And then I come back inside, and then Sonny is there with Jared. And they're like, oh, who is that? Oh, that's the pastor. You know what? La, 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 I can't believe it. This is a talking stink, yell for like a whole minute. Just, ah! And all of a sudden, on the table is my cell phone. And guess what I hear? Oh, hello, Max. What? This cannot be happening right now. This must be a bad dream. And I'm looking at the phone. Oh, no. It's the pastor. He's still on the phone. And I was like, and I look in Sonny's face. I look at Jared's face like this. I'm like, oh, hello? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, just totally... Like, bzz, I'm buzzing right now. Hold on, guys, I got to take this outside. So I go outside, I hear Pastor Sonny say, let's pray for Max. <laughs> and he was serious. He wasn't joking. So I go out, I come back in, and man, it was just like, for two days straight, I was just feeling like terrible. Man, I'm such a hypocrite. I'm such a like, two-faced, I say one thing behind his back, and then I talk to him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know... I just felt so convicted. I went and I had to apologize to Pastor Mark. And he forgave me. I just have to wash his car a couple times. <laughs> no. But just for having a bad attitude. And then I go to the pa other pastor's house. The Lord is saying, take care of that. So I went to his house and I asked for forgiveness. I just had to wash his car a couple times. <laughs> no, but they did so cool. And they just said, yeah, you know, I didn't even hear anything. And whether he did or not, I don't know. But, you know, just wanted to come clean. I just shared. And I shared my frustrations, yes. But I just shared, I'm sorry for talking stink behind your back. You know? And I just felt, you know, so terrible. But at the same time, I felt so, like, amazingly forgiven, like the weight, the burden had been thrown off. And it's launched me onto this journey on how can I be more whole? How can I be somebody who's walking with Jesus in a more honest, open relationship? Amen? Yeah, and that's what we want. That's what we really want, to come face to face and say, okay, God, I'm a sinner. I'm All of us, we're all sinners saved by God's grace. And so we want to say, okay, that's me. So, humbled, dying to my old ways, dying to my old self, 
I'm not ever going to be sinless, but I'm going to sin less and less as I walk with the Lord. And we have to continually ask the Lord to check our hearts. Lord, when we have sin in our lives, we say, Lord, help me to recognize it right away and deal with it. We don't going to fester in it. We're not going to be like Gollum. We're not going to be like that dog. Amen? Okay, number, that's number two. Number three, how do we do it? How do we die to sin? Live in Christ, number three, through your baptism. Remember your baptism. Through your baptism, you have been united with Christ in his death, in his burial. Romans 6, 3, 4, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. So Paul here is referring to the spiritual reality that's going on. The spiritual reality that is happening in you at the moment of what? Salvation. When you receive Jesus into your life and you are saying yes to Jesus, at that moment, your sins have been forgiven. Amen? And you're sharing in this spiritual baptism. But later on, your physical baptism is a reminder of this. It's just representing what happens spiritually in you. So how many of you have been baptized? Right? It's like probably most of us here. And guess what? Well, we're going to have a, a baptism coming up um, later on in April. So, um, Paul was speaking to those Christians in Rome who had been baptized. But in those days, if you're a Christian, you're baptized. It's not like, oh, I might wait on it. I'm going to get a little bit better in my Christian walk. Then I'm going to do it. No. The moment you receive Jesus, you're going to get baptized. And I believe that's how we should do it too. So for those of you who have believed in Jesus, you say, oh, but I'm not perfect. This. No, you believe in Jesus, following him, get baptized. And like I said, we have one coming up. So what does water baptism picture here? The word baptism means to immerse. So not sprinkle. But if some churches do that, and we're not going to get down on them for doing that. But it means <laughs> to immerse. And we go all the way under in the uh, ocean, Alamona Beach Park, and it's so awesome. And you see they go down, right? And they are baptized, meaning what? They're fully immersed. Into what? Fully immersed into Christ's death. So we're fully immersed with Christ. We are united with Christ. We are identifying our lives with Christ in his what? In his death. We have died with Christ. When Christ paid the penalty for sin on the cross, guess what? We paid the penalty with him. Right? When he died to sin, conquering its power all of the power of sin over us, if you believe in Jesus, you died to sin and the power over you. It's gone. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I think that's one of the greatest verses in the Bible. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. You just say that over and over again. As the, Lord, as the enemy tries to tempt you, as he tries to take your attention off the message with the cell phone, you say, no, Lord, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Right? So, why does Paul emphasize not only Christ's death, but also the fact that we were buried with him baptism. Why? Because Paul is saying, listen, you're a dead man. 
You're a dead woman. Okay? You think you, your spiritual fact is, if you believe in Jesus, you were baptized, you've been killed. Spiritually, you're dead. That old person is gone. And when he talks about people being buried, that's only for people who are dead. You don't bury people who are alive. You bury somebody who is dead. The dirt, it's put on top of a dead person. So to say that we're buried with Christ means that we have spiritually died along with him. And that's what water baptism is all about. And, you know, um, we're having, like I said, one on April 30th. That's Sunday at 3.30 p.m. at Alamoana Beach Park. So circle that on your calendar for those of you who have never been baptized. And I just, you know, I see people here. I just remember their baptism was so such an awesome time. Yeah, it's so great. Even if you are not getting baptized, circle it. Come out. Let's make a big party and share in that. So baptism gives us a great picture of the spiritual reality that's going on in that person who's being baptized. We're fully united. We're fully identified with Christ in his burial, with Christ in his death, right? And his, put it in the right order. With his death and then his burial, okay? We've died to sin. We don't live there any longer. Whatever you're going through, whether it's your attitude, maybe it's with somebody in your family, maybe it's some old way of thinking, a thought pattern. Remember how me, I'm just so much stuff. The Lord is just changing in me. What is the Lord doing in your life? What is he convicting you of saying, you know what, you've got to get rid of that. You're, just get crucify that thing. The Bible says, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. So the Lord's not saying, oh, look at you, such a sinner. No, he's saying, you know what? I love you so much. I died for you. And you know what? Let's live in that life. That stuff is dead. Amen? That's number three. Number four, finishing up. You have been united with Christ in his resurrection. You've been united with Christ in his resurrection, and that means you have new life. Romans 6, 4. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. And this is a story of Easter. Amen? And we want to get ready as we're headed off to Easter just a few weeks away, April 16th coming up. It's going to be awesome as we're over in the McKinley Auditorium being celebrating the new life we have in Jesus. And it's so contagious. It's like be around somebody who's following the Lord and they have the joy of Jesus raising up. It's like you want to be around somebody who has new life. And I just want to encourage you guys as you think about those people who you would like to see. They're struggling. They don't know the Lord. They have things that you know. They're just, their heart is being torn apart. Sin is keeping them from experiencing a relationship with Jesus. You want to say, oh, I'm not perfect, but I know I'm a new person now. I'm a new creation in Christ. All that old stuff is gone. I'm just going to pray for them. I want to really think about how I can creatively invite them 
Just because they say no, don't get... Okay. All right, think about it. Think about it. I'll call you back tomorrow. I'll text you tomorrow. Just thinking about how can I spread this good news of Jesus to my friend, to my family, to my coworker. And when you are experiencing new life in Jesus, these are the kinds of things that you just want to do. You just have to do. Why? Because you know how much, how awesome it is to be in the new life of Jesus. So we share in the benefits of his death, in his burial, but also in his resurrection. Jesus' body was resurrected from the grave, right? And one day when you die, your body will be resurrected from the grave. You will be given a new spiritual body, a heavenly body. What is it going to look like? I don't know. What age is it going to be? Whoa, that's not what it's going to look like. That, that was awesome. If there was good timing on that, that wasn't it, but it, was, it got a laugh. <laughs> it's keeping people up. I like that. That's so funny. Okay, I guarantee you, though, we don't know what it's going to look like. It's not going to look like golems. Okay, that wimpy body, you know, all pale and it's Scary looking? No, no, no. I have a feeling it's going to look much better, much more awesome. I don't know what age we're going to be. I tell my kids, who knows? We don't know. But it's going to be a physical body, right? This is, your, this is going to be your heavenly body. God, Jesus is going to give us. And so uh, we don't know when that day is coming, the day of the Lord, when that's going to happen, right? But until that day comes, you're going to walk in the spiritual reality that you have newness of life. Amen? You have this newness of life. Eternal life is coming. That's awesome. But eternal life starts right now. Are you living this new life God wants you to live? A lot of times we think, yeah, my life's pretty good. God doesn't want good. He wants great. Right? Good is the enemy of great. God is saying, you're created for so much more. Let's really say, Lord, we're going to go for all that you have for me in my new life. We're going to say, Lord, transform my thinking, transform my life, transform my mind, so that I would have your worldview. Amen? That's what we're doing through this series. I need your worldview. Lord, would you supernaturally do that? Why don't we go ahead and stand now, and we're going to pray that the Lord would continue to do this process in us where he's shaping us he's transforming us and we're going from the old to the new maybe there's somebody here that has never said yes to jesus and they're hearing this that jesus paid the penalty for my sin that all my sins were put on him put on the cross where he died for them he was buried and three days later he rose in victory over the grave, over sin. If that's you today, then you can be somebody who's sharing in his death, in his burial, and in his resurrection of new life. That's good news. Maybe you're somebody here today, you say, you know what? I've been just living that old life. There's some things in, in my life, and I'm not ashamed to say it, sin, that ugly person, that golem, that's there that's holding on to it. I want to, Lord, release that to you today. I want to experience your forgiveness, your new life. If that's you, 
we're going to have an opportunity to pray. Let's go ahead and bow our hands. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, God, that you are the one that paid the price. Lord, we didn't have to go to the cross. We didn't have to be buried. Lord, but you did it for us. We want to share in that today. If there's anybody who has never placed their trust in you, that they would say, that's me today, Lord. I want to follow you, Jesus, even for the first time today. I place my faith and trust in what you've done for me. I receive your total and free forgiveness right now. I may not feel like it, but I'm going to trust the Bible that says, my sins have been forgiven. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. I'm going to live in new life that was offered us by the resurrection of Jesus. I share in all of that. I claim it for myself this morning, Lord. That's awesome. And if that's if you're the person here to say, I'm holding on to something that I don't want to any longer, that you would place it before the Lord right now, that you would confess it right now. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would go ahead and convict us of something that we're holding on to, Lord, that's keeping us from experiencing all that you have. We don't want that any longer. Place it before the Lord. I receive your forgiveness this morning. If that's you, just tell the Lord, I receive your forgiveness. I receive the newness of life that you offer me. Come, Holy Spirit, help me to continue to follow Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.